This is the Actors Diet Podcast, episode number 35. I'm your host, Lin Chen, and today you may notice I have a little bit of theme music. Yeah, that's right. This song is by Go Nakamura. It will become the official Actors Diet theme song. And uh, Go played my love interest in Surrogate Valentine and Daylight Savings, where he played himself. He is a musician, and you can check him out at gonakamura.com. Right now, we're going to get right into this interview with the very talented actor, Edward Hong. Are you Chinese? I'm not Chinese. Okay. Korean people think I'm Chinese. Oh, I don't see. I don't. I don't. I'm one of those Asians who doesn't know what other Asians no, yeah. are. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't. I just don't know. If so you are Korean. I am Korean. Edward yeah. Hong. That's how you would say it. Mm-hmm. Edward Hong. Mm-hmm. This is actually our first time. This is our like, first hangout. This yeah, is this is our first time being in the same space and not surrounded by like, millions of other like people. Like a film festival or yeah. a gala. We're like, oh, hey, Lynn, I know you. Oh, yeah. you know me too. Oh, hey. Or, or tweeting or tweeting. doing something that's yes, like this not... Is like, this is so old school. This is like old-fashioned. What, what is happening right yeah. now is so old school. I was like, it was, it was on my mind. It was like, uh, it was just... Uh, I haven't seen you in a, you know, I haven't actually done that. I'm like, huh, it's June of 2014. I've known you for like a, a few years. Year, I feel like, you feel like a few years. A few years, actually. And I'm like, ah, oh, I should probably do that. And so I'm starting to do a checklist of people who I just know, but I don't, I haven't really like sat down with. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm just like slowly like checking up. I'm like, I haven't done that. I should do that. I'm so glad so, you did. Cause here we, are, here we are and you are about to tell the story of how you became known as the Cinnabon monster yes. because you actually shared this story on my body image blog, thick yes. dumpling skin. And it's such a, it's kind of a beautiful story. So I, I would love for you to reiterate it in your own words. Um, where do I begin? So like most people in the world, I love Cinnabon, but Cinnabon has, you know, Cinnabon has something that I've loved as a kid, especially when I used to live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's where I had my first one um, because I moved around a lot. I mean, I was born near San Francisco, then New York, then Ann Arbor, Michigan for eight years, then Korea for four years, and Virginia, then... Whoa. How come you were moving around so much? Uh, Because my parents were, they're Korean citizens, but they were pursuing their PhDs, so that's why they moved around. Because they had me when... My mom was 23 and my dad was 25, so they had me when they were very young. Uh-huh. So um, they would tell me that I came in at a very bad time because it's like they were still students and they, were, they didn't know how to raise a child. So they're like, oh, crap. Uh, let's give him Cinnabon. Let's do <laughs> but back to the Cinnabon thing. Um, Cinnabon had became had an important like there was an importance to it like a real significant importance it started around sixth grade of middle school uh the reason why is that all throughout my life especially in my youth i was a very emotionally enraged kid like i had a lot of anger issues and you know i didn't and it's also an environment i was growing up and i i was i was a loner i was i was kind of like the geeky little kid who just was picked on by a lot of people and it got to a point in sixth grade where I would have these two bullies. They were kind of like the bane of my life. They would just always be there. It's like, hey, uh, you, you think you're going to go home? Nope, you're going to see those two again. And they're all, they, were, they would always be in my life. It got to the point, um, it, was, it was right when school was about to end. It was like around 3 o'clock. 
And then, as usual, they were doing their you know, shenanigans of like pushing me around, calling me Chink, and all these great, great yeah. names. And uh, I was just having a bad day already. So when they started doing that, I think it just, I just got to my point. It just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. So I just yelled out the worst possible things one could yell. Especially this was not too long after the Columbine shooting. Um, I just yelled out loud, I'm going to bring a gun, I'm going to shoot you both in the head. I yelled it. I just yelled it. I just, I was just like, I just straight out yelled it. And then every single student that was like walking by and his teachers there, you know, as they were about to get ready to go home, they all heard it. It was, it was, it echoed all the way through the hallway. Um, so right after that, uh, I was immediately put into the principal's room and they quickly gather some of the school administrators into the office and then they call my mom and she was she was at the university studying and then they had to like no you have to come now and she's like oh okay and so we sat down and basically uh the administrators said that uh we believe your son is a menace to our school and he needs to be expelled um my mom kind of argued a point. It's like, that doesn't make any sense because if you're hearing about the stories about the bullies, aren't you doing anything about the bullies? And they're like, well, that's, you know, they were, it's not their issue. It's not their fault. And so it was my fault for bringing a, you know, threatening to end their lives. So, uh, so then basically this goes on for about half an hour and my mom's trying to negotiate. Like she's really trying to like tell him I'm not a danger. So eventually they agreed. They're like, okay, all right. So, all right. So we, Okay, maybe he's not a danger to a school, but he does need to go through anger management therapy. Uh, and we need to see records of that. So my mom was like, okay, we'll do that. So they agreed. And then as we left, uh, I could tell my mom was furious. Just like, you know, she didn't, you know, imagine. Because at this time, my dad moved out to Korea. So it was just me and my mom living only for each other for eight years in Michigan. So it's very difficult for her to be a full-time student and try to be a mom at the same time and have no one else to take care of me because uh, I don't have any siblings so um, so as we were driving my mom wasn't speaking to me the whole time and I'm just like I'm I'm totally gonna get beaten when I get home I'm just gonna like get the big old beating and uh, she's driving she's still not speaking all of a sudden we make a turn to, and then we're going to Briarwood Mall which is like the biggest mall there is in Ann Arbor Michigan and I'm like this is really confusing why are we going to a mall and so she just walks out. She's like walking much faster, so I have to catch up with her. And then I'm just walking, uh, following behind. I'm like, oh my god, what what the heck is happening here? And so, um, we get to the mall, and then we get to Cinnabon, and she just stops in front of Cinnabon, and I'm like, I don't, what are we doing here? And so she looks at the Cinnabon store, and then she looks at me, and she goes, I really don't know what to do with you. Like I don't know how to raise you. And then she had kind of like had this silence where she was trying to form words and then she was like, I, here's a Cinnabon. I'm gonna get you a Cinnabon. All right, let's just, let's just try to process this one, one step at a time. And so she got me a Cinnabon and I think it was like when I ate that Cinnabon, it was like, I think it was like acknowledging, man, I totally avoided being beaten. So that Cinnabon had like this extra flavor of gratefulness and just i don't know it's something magical happened and then since then that that kind of memory stuck uh like there are certain songs we hear there are foods we eat that you know we love it more than others even though it's not really that much better it's just 
it has a memory to it. It has its fond memory that makes it like more than what it really is. Absolutely. And so, uh, and then also it helped that after, um, you know, so that was sixth grade. And then the next two years in middle school got a lot better. But it, like every time I ate a cinnamon, it would always have that, you know, the, the flavor. And then also when I uh, left in Michigan to go to Korea for four-year high school, there was no Cinnabon there. And then when I was at Virginia for college, there was no Cinnabon there as well. So then you also add in like an eight-year gap of just like not eating that. So it's like when I got to L.A. and I knew that, oh, there are Cinnabons here. Then it just like it like it's like a long-lost love that you return to. And you're like, oh, wow, this is so good to have. And so you add all those together. And that's where I am now. Um, in terms of like wh uh, where the whole name, the Cinnabon Monster came in, it's just like as actors in Los Angeles and New York or anywhere, especially here in LA, that you know, there's a there's a lot of people, there's a lot of actors who are trying to make it. And how does one get? How does one stand out from the rest? And how does one get acknowledged or you know even brought in for an audition? Because even that is an ordeal in itself. So then I thought, you know, not really, I thought it was a friend uh, who suggested that she's like, you know, Edward, I know that you love Cinnabons, you know, you should do something with that. You should like, you know, market yourself. Then I, and I thought, and I, when she said that, I was like, I told her that was the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I'm like, who would market themselves with a pastry product? <laughs> and then like, it was, it got to three in the morning and I'm like, that might actually be a good idea. So I started making postcards. The Cinnabon, uh, you know, kind of like the drawing and everything. Who drew that? Uh, so this will be a public confession in terms of like, you know, in the actual artist who's out there. So the actual basis of it is not mine. I just decided to draw the teeth, the mouth, the frosting, the legs. So if you're out there and you're like, that looks like my drawing. I'm very offended by this. Don't worry, I'll just draw my own drawing. I just just used it two years ago. It's a template. It's a template. <laughs> so whoever did that drawing, you're, I'm very honored. If you want to like make me change it to something else, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> um, but it just stuck with it. I just like it just you know it just stayed with me ever since. And so it started working because it was like as you know as I would market myself uh, to let's say casting and producers. It started to be known that, like, slowly but surely, like, there's an actor in L.A. who really likes Cinnabons and markets himself with it. So how did they know that you like Cinnabon? Would you come to the audition with a Cinnabon like how in your hands? Like, uh, because I do a lot of postcard mailings and whatnot, so the postcard would have the Cinnabon, like, you know, the Cinnabon monster on it. And so they would be like, they would look at that, and they would be like, you know, Ooh, go into auditions Cinnabon. when they're like... <laughs> They would literally see the Cinnabon monster. They're like, it's this big, and then there's like a there's like a uh, me standing on a wall, and it's like photoshopped into the wall. And they're like, this is a very odd postcard. So, you know, there would be a few editions where I would come in, and they're like, oh, you're that Cinnabon guy. You're that guy who just has a big ass Cinnabon monster for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, that's well, that's good that you remembered that. So that's why I'm here. So. Um, so then I just kept to the point that even if people don't remember my name, they'll remember the Cinnabon guy. Like, and I think if more than anything, that's something um, I'm very happy about because it's just like, you know, whether actors or just, you know, anyone trying to make it in some sort of competitive business, you how do you stand out? And so if you have a, a hook into it, then it's just like you go with it and you run all the way. And so that's 
basically. And it's like all of this rings true, like from the foundation of like the story of like where you know why I love cinema so much. So it doesn't. It's not a gimmick. Some people have questioned whether it was just a you know a very cheesy gimmick. I'm like, I wish it was, but it's just it's rooted in something so personal that is just like it's just a, an aspect of me. That's just who I am. And of course, people have always asked, like, Edward, do you eat Cinnabons like every single day? And I'm like, that's first of all, no, because if I did, I would be about 500 pounds. It is not possible. There's about 800 calories each in one Cinnabon. It is not possible. Well, you could eat one of those and a very light salad. But then be very hungry. True, but <laughs> I like food, so I rather not do that. I rather space out. So that I would understand. Be a horrible idea. I I've, I have done something really uh, ambitious with cinnamon. That is, uh, about three years ago for my birthday, I ate three cinnabons in one sitting, like one after another. That's extremely it was, ambitious. It was extremely ambitious. I did it, and and then I was glad to do it. And then when the immense sugar rush came in and then in sugar coma uh it was not a pleasant feeling like i yeah i just passed out like, you don't want to have those associations with so, your beloved cinnabon do, so do it's you? like you know <laughs> some people question like if i have type 2 by diabetes at this point so it's like it's uh you know i don't think it's i don't think i i'm still here i'm still doing fine so i don't think i have diabetes yet but uh so yeah that's basically the whole shebang with Cinnabon, and I guess uh, it actually started, you know, when you uh, when you asked me, and then I wrote uh, my story uh, through uh, Thick Dumpling Skin. That was when, um, you know, when I just like, hey, I, you know, just forwarded to the Twitter company, uh, the Cinnabon Twitter handle, and then that's when they decided to like, oh crap, and then they forwarded that to Cat Cole, who's the CEO of Cinnabon, and that is where the relationship started with the company itself. Um, so I have a you to thank for Yay. that, like that started everything. And so that two year process of, a, of me just tweeting back and forth with the company as well as the uh, CEO herself led to like, you know, by this year of February, 2014, like a meeting with the CEO. It was just like, it was like, kind of like, you know, we all have dreams that we want to pursue. Like we want to meet that person, whether it's like. Like a, maybe, I don't know, who knows, like let's say Leonardo DiCaprio, you're like, how do I get to meet him and do everything to get that happen, to get that going? So then I realized what I was doing was exactly that. I was maintaining communications. I had good friends like uh, Benny Luo from Next Shark who actually interviewed her and then asked if I could, wanted to join. Um, or Melly Lee, who's a great photographer who uh, did a photo shoot with me into cinemas. And so she had this great, clever gimmick of like having a, a cinema float in midair. And I'm just staring at it like, you know, like a, like seen a cobra that, yes. entranced by this, by, by this, by the, by a human being. And so, uh, so it's like having these two great friends uh, like help me through the process. But I knew it wasn't possible until people knew that like, I have no shame admitting I love cinema and I'll put that out there constantly. So then when people just tag me, um, when they ever go to Cinnabon, you know, in an airport, or they have a Cinnabon granola bar, or there's a Cinnabon vodka drink, what? like, yeah, there's a, <laughs> like, just a Cinnabon vodka drink, they would tag me in it. And it's really nice of them because it's like, you know, it's also great as a way, it's like, for me, this is a human being because it's just like, they're thinking of me. They're thinking of me wherever they go. Some people, 
may not have spoken to me in like you know several years when all of a sudden they're like they just text message like hey it's been a while but i'm like here's a but here's know, the cinnabon I'm eating a cinnabon yeah so and then i'll i'll have a lot of people who've never eaten cinnabons in a lot would eat a cinnabon because i keep talking about it they're like man this guy talks about it all the time i guess it must be great so i guess i'll eat it well it's your passion yeah yeah so they eat it and then they're like i regret and love this decision because now i know the excessive gluttony and the sugar and just everything the overload of sweetness that is in one bun because it's not just a plain simple bun it's just like an overwhelming sensation of sugar and just you know gluttony and every happy and gluttonous thoughts in one pastry product so i, I guess i'm honored and just you know i'm, I'm very flattered that um just like the, my friends and people who don't even know me will think of that and so it's like, as an actor, as I continue to grow, um, now that it's been four years in LA, it's like, it is something that will stick with me probably for the rest of my life. It's like, ultimately, people say, what's the dream goal? It's like, well, my dream goal is like, well, one, getting a lifetime supply of free Cinnabons, that'll be great. Um, two is to be the spokesperson for it because they don't have a spokesperson. They, they don't do commercials at all. They're franchised, right? They're, they're a franchise. Um, they just reached a billion dollars in profits as of this year, so which is a you know pretty big for them. But compared to like let's say McDonald's or Pepsi, one billion dollars is like tiny. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. And um, and the corporations like McDonald's, they they would spend like over four hundred million dollars in advertising alone. Cinnabon spends about two point five million. It's not that much. So it's like. That's why they don't really do commercials because there's no other product that competes with it. Right. Like no, it's like there's no other cinnamon. I guess like Auntie M's may have a pretzel with a cinnamon glaze. Well, the thing and about that's Auntie not Anne's a, is that that's uh, not it. both cinnamon Auntie Anne's and also Schlotzky's are all owned by Focus Brands. That's their head oh. on show. So it's not competition. Yeah, it's they're like they're family. It's owned by the same corporation, so it's uh, so it's their cinnamon. But then they have their boss, which is Focus Brands. So it's like, they, they're pretty smart. It's like, you know, they don't really have to do much because you know it'll be that you go to a mall, you go to an airport, you're going to smell a Cinnabon somewhere. Right. And whether you... Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I have still to this day never had a Cinnabon because I know that that's going to have to happen with you oh, yeah. and nobody else. Yeah. So, and so mm-hmm. um, I still haven't had one, but everyone knows what... It tastes like even without tasting it because yes. the smell takes over everything mm-hmm. in the mall or the food court. It's what everyone's drawn to. Yes. Um, and as you were talking and telling your story before, I was thinking about how you were talking about how you hadn't been around it for a while. Um, it does seem like a special treat, which you wouldn't think of a cheap mall food, you yeah. know, like <laughs> that it's like for special occasions and something you would do to celebrate or to help um, with a hard situation like exactly. yourself, you know, like you wouldn't think that, but that definitely now is what I think of a Cinnabon as like, I wouldn't just eat it for Casual, like, yeah. cat, no. Oh. This is not a casual mm-hmm. pastry to eat. That's for muffins. You're ex- yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And I think the company is also aware of that, too. And when I uh, spoke with Kat, it's that Cinnabon, because there's so much going on in one, you know, one Cinnabon roll, it's like it's not a casual thing. You can't just be like, eh, I just feel like eating a 850-calorie Cinnabon. I'm like, no, you, it's like something happens. Like, oh, you, you got a promotion or... 
you booked a job or you got, I don't know, you got married or something. It's just like something truly significant that makes you want to celebrate. Or the opposite is that you're having the, the shittiest day of your life or it's just something really rough happened. And so you're like, let me, let me just feel better about myself. And, and that's exactly what the company is trying to angle because like their motto is life needs frosting. That's their whole slogan. And it's like, and I guess that's why they liked my story so much because that was like almost the quintessential life needs frosting story. It's just like someone who's going through a very tough time and then they eat a Cinnabon and then they just feel wonderful about themselves. Um, and so I think, you know, that's, and then now it's funny that now because like, in, especially as people are becoming more health conscious over the past, you know, five, 10 years, uh, Cinnabon is trying to find a way to like incorporate, you know, now they have like mini buns so that you, you don't have to eat the whole thing. You can just eat a little bit and then that'd be fine. Or they have like center girl, they literally just the center pieces all cut and it's just in a bowl and you just eat that. Uh, although a lot of my gluten, you know, my vegan friends, my, you know, my gluten allergic friends are like, is there a gluten, you know, free Cinnabon? And, you know, and Kat has said that like, you know, we're, they're trying to, but it's a lot of work to create, you know, a gluten-free Absolutely, product yeah. when they can just like manufacture masses of Cinnabon because there's a, a very, there's a formula to it. And so that's why they can't deviate too much of it. It's not like they can have like bacon wrapped cinnamon cinnamon because that would just require a lot of work although people have, have requested many times over for a bacon wrapped cinnamon roll which if that happens would be the end of the world as we know because <laughs> people are like oh cool it's bacon and cinnamon they eat it and then everyone has a heart attack and then everyone dies so yeah well moving on from the subject of cinnamon uh, which I think we've covered. <laughs> uh, you told me that last night you did a food tour. Yes. Um, I did a food tour simply because of a friend who came to town, uh, her, uh, this, this girl who, her, her name is Eunice Kim. And the story of her is that like, you know, in this day and age, in this social media day and age, like we have friends, Facebook friends, Twitter friends that we have never met in person but we know them through like electronic like you know social media means and like you know we all have those but i think for her, for her and i this was actually different because like we actually became like genuine friends over it and when i mean genuine friends you know you're friends with someone when you get into a really bad fight like a really bad fight and then you don't talk to each other and then you know it just happens that you're kind of like oh man let's just say hi and so we've, she and I have had legitimate fights because we've gotten to know so much about each other over the past two years um, doing that. So anyways, uh, Eunice is just, like, she loves food. Like, she's a tiny, petite Asian girl who just can eat, like, a cow. Like, I've, like, I've seen people eat a lot. I've never seen, you know, people eating as much as she does. Like, I've seen pictures where this is all in one night. I'm like, seriously, that you ate all of that in one night and she's like yeah and i'm like how are you not like you know in like a, bl a beluga whale at this point and so when she when she told me she was coming to la uh i had to prepare myself you know like i was actually working out a lot i was like all right i'm gonna get the cardio going and i know this is happening and so when yesterday when i took her out uh it was just like it was like food stop after food stop like so where'd you go we first went to the bun shop yes uh, the bun oh, shop. they've got great duck great fat fries amazing. 
Oh, God. So we started with that, which is already like a fatty start. It wasn't like a, hey, let's start with green. This is a place in Koreatown that yeah. makes um, buns, like like uh, mento, that are stuffed with things like pork belly. Mm-hmm. And well, they have a tofu one that my husband likes. And it's just, it's very... Um, it's not light food. It is not light food. <laughs> it's, bar, it's like bar food almost. Yes. And they used to have a food truck. That's the one I've visited. I've never been to the brick and mortar store, but um, so food truck food. Yeah, yeah. So, so we that was our first stop. Then after that, um, you're like, and then it was all haze. It was haze. I just remember there, was, there, there were several other foods. There was definitely boba in there somewhere. There was. What's we, your boba order? Do you have a go-to? Um, I don't really have a go-to. I mean, like, my favorite one, I forgot the name. It's, I think it's called Coffee Oak or something. It's on the West L.A. side. It's in the little Tokyo area there. There's a boba shop there. I just don't remember her name. I just know that's really, really good. But then there's all these boba shops in Koreatown, which, you know, I'm not really picky. I know some people are like, boba, boba connoisseurs. They're like, well, this one, you know, the tapioca isn't quite fresh or it's too frozen. I'm like, I don't care. I I have no idea. I look at pictures. Yeah. And so, uh... So then we, we were trying to go to one boba shop because that's where one review center. And then we ended up finding a place that is not a boba shop really, but it's like probably the most relaxing tea restaurant I've ever seen in Koreatown. It's like a, it's called Hwajangshi. Um, I can't spell it. But basically you know what it is because you go in and you it feels like it's a very meditative, like old-fashioned Korean like you know design is it yellow house cafe it's not yellow house cafe. okay that place um, is really mellow it's like it's super korean it's like oh, okay yeah that place is not korean. super korean <laughs> and so uh it's also a great date spot because it's very relaxing you know it's just like it's it's very, and then you hear like you know like ponds you know, and then there's like waters just Ooh. like and they're open at in the evening and this is and yeah so we went there in the evening and then uh and then then we went to the grove and then by the time we got to the grove, it was like 9.30. So we, so I had a feeling most of the farmer's market foods was going to close. But then there's one place that, you know, they work their butts off. It's the it's the Pampas Grill. It's the, the Oh, yes. The Brazilian yes. Brazilian, Brazilian uh, buffet. So sort of. by the time it was like 9.40, they were closing at 10. There was still a line of people. And wow. I could see the workers like, oh, my God. They were just panicking. <laughs> they're like, what do we do? So they're just they're doing their best they can. So we get like a huge tray of just like meat after like chicken like bacon wrapped chicken and like sirloin tips and sirloin you know cut and oh my god i'm already full just like hearing you talk about it lettuce and then there was like some spaghetti and it was just mashed potatoes and so just stockpiled it Mm -hmm. and then we finished that and at this point i i lost track of like all the foods i was eating before and i'm like oh my god so we finished that and then as we're walking i was like oh crap Sprinkles, yeah, sprinkles, cupcakes, right there. <sighs> okay, so we went to sprinkles cupcake, and then so, and I was like, okay, all right, so you get one cupcake, and I get one cupcake. What flavor? And so at um, at first it was I thought it was just one and one, but then she was she was like still hungry, and she was like, and also at that time like I was being very nice because she lost her all her credit cards so oh. I was being her sugar daddy for yeah, that day literally. I didn't mind because it was just like uh, it was just it was great to see her and just you know it's like a great friendship that we have so I, it was not an issue so uh, so she got two cupcakes and then I got two cupcakes so I got the chocolate marshmallow cupcake and the dark chocolate and then she got the chai tea latte and the black and white 
And so, and then we went to Barnes and Nobles there, and they were like, we sat down. And I was like, all right. I told myself, I'm just gonna eat that chocolate marshmallow cupcake. I'm gonna save the rest. And then I see her eating the chai tea latte, and then she immediately goes to the next one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So then I finished my second cupcake as well. And so, so that was done. And then we still weren't quite done yet. Like after that was done, we went back to Koreatown, and I think. Yeah, when we back, went back to Koreatown, we went for another round of boba. Uh, wow. And then... Very impressive. Yeah, and by the time it all ended, it was like 12.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I just, I can't. I gotta, yeah. I gotta sleep. That's... I gotta sleep. And so... A lot for a body to take. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, uh, it's funny because like when I woke up this morning, I was like, I did something. Uh, so I have these, I have this product that makes, you know, a lot of, you know, in LA, there's all this fads with like dietary supplements, blah, blah, blah. But there was one thing that, you know, actually rang true, like, it actually kind of works. Not as in, like, it'll make you lose weight, but it does great things. It's, like, uh, chlorophyll. Okay. It's basically, like, it's it's the green extracts from plants. Algae? It's, like, algae. And then you can, what you do is that it's in a liquid format, and you just put a teaspoon in your water and you mix it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it, it's not meant to, like, make you lose weight or anything, but what it does is that it, like, it cleans out your digestive tract. Absolutely, so yeah. everything that's in there just goes. Yeah. And then, so I realized that this has become my best friend for like <laughs> gluttonous days because it's like, especially when you eat a lot of meat and you forgot to eat that, you forgot to eat vegetables. Eat the greens, the roughage. And yeah. you're like, oh crap. Yeah. And so then you're like, all right, so let me do this. And then it, it goes. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so, so basically that was that Friday and I know she's, you know, going to be here, uh, till next Thursday or even like longer. So I know that I'm glad for today. This is my break day. Yeah, you need a day off. Absolutely. Because it's like if I keep, keep hanging out with her, it's going to be nonstop food. <laughs> and so when she, and she told me when she got gets her credit cards and whatnot, I said, you're going to pamper me like a princess. Like, <laughs> I, I've been your sugar daddy. This time you're going to be my sugar mama. And I'm going to feel like, yay, I'll, I get to eat whatever. I don't have to pay for any of this. So. Well, how can people find follow you so that they can hear that uh what the follow up is so my instagram and twitter account they're both the same handle they're both it's cinnabon monster okay um and also and then and then also i like it's funny because like slowly i'm just like taking the name so if you type in cinnabon monster in google search you're gonna get me i'm the first actually probably the first 10 results is all me right so i pretty much have a like a i cornered that yeah. name. You That's, sure did. That is my name. And so, uh, so even like my website, uh, I write because I, as an actor, I write, uh, I write a blog and it's not necessarily to promote myself or to be vain about myself, but just like, um, what, I, what I love doing is like giving advice to actors. Cause I know and being an actor is an extremely difficult ordeal and it's, it's very, it's very difficult. It's, it's almost depressing at times. And so it's almost like, depressing. It is well, depressing. It's, it's chronic, it's depressing. <laughs> I'd um, say baseline is depression. Yes. And so what I do is I offer advice that it's like I, I the way I see it is almost very strict. It's almost business like. It's like it's like it's not about you know talent is good and there's all the artsy crap which you know one should never uh, ignore. But there is like a very you know a, you know strategic element where it's like it's like administration. And hard work and networking and follow-ups and if you do all of that like hardcore you know and you do it you you add that for you, you add that and then you add like a, a class that you train hard and whatever and you put five years i have a i always believe that you get results 
Like it's, it doesn't mean like you're gonna be a star right away. It just means that you're gonna see a momentum. And I think it's just like uh, when I tell actors that they, you know, especially a lot of actor friends as we know, you know, we know they're extremely talented, but when it comes to like doing practical things, they have no idea what to do. Yeah, it's interesting because the business also changes over the years. Like when I started, I was five, <laughs> so it's a little different now than it was than it is now. So whenever I get asked for advice, I've actually pointed people in the direction of your website because when people ask me how to get an agent now, I don't know because me at the point in my career getting an agent is very different from someone who's just starting out yeah. getting an agent. And also I lived in an age where there was no digital age. Mm -hmm. Like I was literally walking into places with my headshot, which I think probably still works it now still and probably, probably makes works. you stand out. But back then, you know, that's what everyone did. Yeah. So it is, it, it constantly changes and it is good to have a resource that's sort of current yes. because you can't read the same books that you were reading from 1983 that's that are like, true. get a, get a voicemail and a pager, like, get a oh. fax machine. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> um, Edward, we're all out of time, but thank you so much Problem. for talking about Cinnabon and all yes. your food adventures. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's many, many more, yes. many more adventures to go. Thank you.